I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. makes me so fucking angry absolutely i have had such a hard time researching this Mm -hmm. and part of it is procrastination and adhd yeah which i have been officially diagnosed with (laughs) congratulations thank you i haven't gotten any treatment yet but we'll get there (laughs) i still haven't gotten any (laughs) oh we're doing our best guys um it has been very hard to research this because every single time I read, like, one sentence about it, I get, like, viscerally angry. Yeah. And um, so we're here. I'm going to do my best to go over this without getting on a soapbox yeah. too many times. Yeah. Just know the vibes no are leave Britney alone. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They are. Yeah. I want to talk about that mm-hmm. today. Yeah. The leave Britney alone video. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, the death to all of them moment yes (laughs) but anyways welcome to the pod oh yes welcome this is the podcast rejects if you didn't know um i'm spencer i'm alaska and we're back to free britney we're back uh we're gonna try and get through as much as we can today we have one more episode next friday um and then we will be officially moving on from this i i'm ready (laughs) to get out of this mess yeah um, so I know last time we talked about, you know, her 5150 hold and, you know, basically losing custody of her kids, mm-hmm. leaving to Mexico, coming back. It's been a whole mess. Yeah. She's back in L.A. Um, things are starting to get kind of convoluted as far as the stories go, because a lot of this, it comes from court documents, which seem to be made up of mostly. Um, what's the kindest way to say this? Just straight up lies? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, just making things up for funsies. Yeah, just like fiction writing workshop. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, about as true as the Bible. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> if these episodes weren't just named, like, Free Britney part whatever, I would name this episode <laughs> just as true as the Bible. I have chosen violence today. Okay, so she's back in LA. Um, Obviously, Sam and Adnan are with her most of the time. Sam is living with her. Um, She has a fight with Sam. I think that they had kind of a tumultuous relationship. Yeah. But honestly, that doesn't really surprise me. Um, She has a fight with him, and she leaves the house. And the paparazzi called Jamie to basically give him an in into Britney's life. So Jamie has formed an alliance with the paparazzi, sort of like to... I don't know. The author of this book, that's going to be another main topic of this, is that I've already talked about how I fucking hate the author of this book that I'm reading called mm-hmm. Inside the Dream, Steve Dennis. I yeah. hate him. Um, but it's going to get even worse today. Um, yeah. He is using what he learned from Brittany by partnering with the paparazzi to his own benefit. Okay. <sighs> like the paparazzi didn't like straight up ruin her life. Um, so anyways, he's basically partnered with them. They call him to give him an in. Um, I don't think he shows up at the house though. I could not figure out when he actually enters the picture, but I okay. do know that Lynn 
is finally at the house like pretty regularly. This is also where we start getting claims, and this is in the court documents, of Sam drugging Brittany by putting medication in her food. Mm. Um, and at least this author is very honest where he says that that is a claim that is in a lot of court documents. It's used in a lot of um, the conservatorship stuff um, and also in the restraining order against Sam Luffy. Um, but it is not really based in truth. There is not any evidence of this. Yeah. Of course. Um, it's basically just Lynn, uh, who to me seems like a narcissist. Oh, absolutely. Um, I know it's not ethical to diagnose people with anything, but I don't like her. Yeah. Or anyone. No. In this story. Yeah. And we literally finished last episode talking about her and Sam's like weird relationship where Mm -hmm. Sam is trying to bend over backwards for her and she's like, I'm going to murder him basically. (laughs) And so... This shit is getting crazy, and I'm trying to figure out this timeline. So basically, Sam is starting to get, there is, like, whispers that someone's going to make a move for a conservatorship. Okay. In late January. Um, He is in, like, discussions with lawyers already. So there are emails between him, lawyers, and Brittany. So Brittany is informed, and the lawyers are starting to provide her with a legal strategy to fight this Mm. when it comes to pass. Right. Um, January 30th. Uh, 20 police officers show up at the house declaring that Brittany has been detained under a 5150 involuntary psychiatric hold. Another one. Another one. Um, Jesus. Nobody knows where this came from yeah. or who did this. What what basis do they have to do this? So they Lynn was home with Brittany when this happened and was confused. Brittany was like very docile and just like, okay, like what's going on? Yeah. Lynn follows her to the hospital. Sam is also at the hospital and Lynn accuses him of doing this which he denies um yeah you know i don't know why he would considering how this all plays out uh there are claims that it was because of reckless driving and not taking medication as directed i don't think either of those could be qualifiers for a 5150 hold i don't think Um, so and it seems like those things like driving recklessly um i don't know it doesn't seem right to me i'm very confused by it um however Whoever caused this, it was awfully convenient for Jamie Spears. Yeah. Because this is when he makes his play for the conservatorship. So she is held for the full 72 hours this time. Um, I think she actually stays in the hospital for five days. And Jamie uses this time to prepare his case and launch his case for the conservatorship, which Brittany is not alerted to, which, as we learned in our conservatorship episode, is not legal. It's not allowed. Yeah. And this is also one of the reasons that they contest the conservatorship, yeah. and it is rejected. Ooh! Yeah. Oh, my God. You want to so, get fucked up? <laughs> he brings this conservatorship. Uh, we don't really know under what basis. Um, but given how broad conservatorships are and yeah. how they can bring them and declare them based on literally anything and literally do whatever anything. they want... Um, it's pretty clear that the judge could have used the public opinion of Brittany and how the world thought she was having a meltdown and they were all up in her business to declare that she has no human rights and that she no longer has any constitutional rights. Mm -hmm. Um, and that none of that matters because Jamie gets to be a dad now. Which is the argument that this book makes is that this is him making up for his neglectful parenting as a, as when she was a child you don't get to take away the 
fundamental constitutional rights of an adult because you feel like you didn't do a great job when you were a parent to them when they were a child. You don't get to basically restore them legally to the status of a child because you were a shitty father. Death to all of them. Wendy Williams was right, and she should say it. I can't believe all those people who freaking gasped at her. She was right. They were like, oh, oh, Wendy knew she went too far. She didn't. She didn't. She didn't go far enough. Exactly. She should have killed them on her show. Exactly. That would have been entertainment. (laughs) Oh, it makes me so fucking angry. Uh, Conservatorships are fucked. Yeah. They're awful. And um, so... It makes me pretty mad. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there is a lawyer that is contacting her uh, throughout this whole thing. So February 1st, 2008, Brittany is officially put under the conservatorship by the Los Angeles County Supreme Court. Uh, okay. An emergency temporary conservatorship. Uh, he is named, Jamie is named the conservator, but they uh, also put a co-conservator of her estate. Um, mm. So just like her financial business of an attorney named Andrew Wallet. Which okay. is a very funny name for an attorney. It's very funny. Um, I gotta say, it's pretty iconic. Yeah. Even if I don't like this man. Yeah. That's a really fucking funny name. That's a great um, name. <laughs> uh, the court also, around this time, decides that Brittany cannot think for herself. I'm not saying that in, like, a funny way. Like, legally, she can't think for herself, and she cannot retain counsel. Um, so. Jesus. All of the lawyers that she has been working with cannot help her. If you watch the Framie Britney Spears documentary, they talked to at least one of these lawyers who was told by the court that he could no longer represent Britney. Um, And then the court also tells her that she's not legally powerless because she can still challenge the conservatorship by filing a petition. Oh, so who's going to help her file a petition? You know, without a lawyer in a court system that is literally built. Okay, this is a side note. Yeah. We're going on a tangent. But the court system exists to keep lawyers employed. Yes. If you read any, like, rules of procedure, they are incredibly convoluted. And mm-hmm. if you make one mistake, the entire thing can go to shit. Yep. Which is why you hire a lawyer. Yes. And it's not just so they can make arguments in court. It's no. because they know how to follow the rules. Exactly. And so without a lawyer, it is extremely difficult to file a petition, especially something where you are going to have to go to court. Yes. I mean, I had to file a petition to legally change my name. Mm-hmm. And it was insanely difficult absolutely it was expensive Mm -hmm. it was very time consuming yeah and if you make a mistake you have to start all over and pay for it all over again yes yeah and that was just for like something that was basically nothing yeah so saying that she still has legal rights without allowing her to retain counsel yeah is um beyond absurd it's like so counterintuitive because like if you're some if you believe that someone is like so incapable of being able to like even think for herself and needs like what I assume is constant care, but they're supposed to be able to file these kind of court documents by themselves. Like, Mm -hmm. wouldn't you want those people to have an even more opportunity to have legal counsel because they need the help? Like that makes no fucking sense. And the fact that somebody is being proactive and retaining counsel with money they made yes by being employed yeah is ridiculous to me that you would then be like well they can't they they can't actually do that they're not mentally capable of retaining counsel even though they have done that they've already done it and it's not like 
they're doing it to bring frivolous lawsuits or do something crazy. No. Which they're basically would, a defense team at They're this a defense point. team. Yeah. And also they're bringing a lawyer who is there to make reasonable decisions. Yes. You do not hire a lawyer because you want to be insane. No. Especially in these kind of circumstances where she did not bring this case. Yeah. She is hiring a lawyer to defend herself and defend her fucking constitutional rights. Yes. And they're like, you don't get to have a lawyer. And then continue to act like this was legally okay. Jesus. Like it's not completely reprehensible yeah. and fucking disgusting. Disgusting behavior. So um, with all of this happening, there are pleas brought to the court for a couple different reasons. Most of them... I think actually all of them, except for one, are um, like procedural. Mm -hmm. So one of those would be the issue that she wasn't alerted to the fact that this conservatorship was happening. Right. Which you have to. You have to follow the rules. Yeah. Um, One of them is that she actually does like, you know, objects to this, which is a, you know, claim you could bring for a conservatorship. But all of these are dismissed and thrown out by a court of appeals because the orders were not appealable. What does that even mean? I'm so angry. I'm so angry. And then Jamie rehires Larry Rudolph, who she purposefully fired for a reason. Yes. But of course, he had to bring him back in. Of course. I'm just, I'm so mad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so angry. It's it's hands on sight with Jamie. Oh, it makes me mad. Um, So he brings back in Larry Rudolph. And I just wanted to read this interesting quote from a man named Johnny Wright, who also, I think he worked with, Larry Rudolph, and he has worked in, like, the entertainment industry for a really long time. Okay. And was asked in a interview for OK Magazine, um, <coughs> asked for his reaction to Britney's return, and, you know, because obviously while all of this is happening, they're also trying to put her back to work immediately. Right, of course. Because that's what you do with a conservator, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because they can work. They can't think for themselves, but they can totally work. They can totally work and, like, have a job. Yeah. And that pays so for everybody around um, them. Yeah. Okay. Um, anyways, he says, you know, when he's talking about Britney, he says, a comeback is not what I wish for Britney. She is being pushed back into being a money machine. In the beginning, in her mind, she could stop at any time. Now she's thinking, I've got 170 people on payroll, and my dad quit his job, my mom relies totally on me, and I can't take a break. Seeing Britney do it by the numbers isn't a good sign. This is after the conservatorship has been taken into place. Yeah. Um, and speaking of Jamie quitting his job, mm-hmm. he is given by the court $10,000 a month plus another 800 to make up for him quitting his job to take over this. Oh my God. He is making six figures in 2008 just to steal money from his own daughter. That's, that's your job title, Jamie. That's what it is. This money thief from daughter. Put that on your resume. And then has the audacity. Oh, the audacity to bring a restraining order against other people in Britney's life for trying to steal money from her. Like he isn't just like a straight up thief. Yeah. Who's fucking useless and bankrupted his own family and didn't have money to pay for his own kids food their entire lives and also never cared for his children. And now getting paid six figures to steal. Yeah. When Brittany was an actual minor, everybody was like, Jamie shouldn't be in charge of all this money. And now he's in charge of all of it. All of it. And in this book, he says, oh, it, 
people think that it's just him like, you know, now he's in charge of all of her finances, but it's carefully guarded by the court. He is given $10,000 from her bank account. Yes. That is not carefully guarded by the court, in my opinion. It's not. And as we've learned in our Extra Credit Conservatorships episode, um, they review it maybe what? Uh, annually, biannually, you think that's carefully like reviewed and guarded? Jesus. <sighs> um. So in July of 2008, uh, Brittany does regain some of her visitation rights with an agreement with Federline and his counsel. Fine. Whatever. Um. July 31st, the court extends the conservatorship until the end of the year. So up until this point, it had still been uh, temporary. Right. Um. And, yeah, no, he extends it to the end of 2008. In October, um, the court extends it indefinitely. Mm-hmm. So they didn't even wait till the end of the year, but it has been extended indefinitely. Um, so they said that the conservatorship is necessary and appropriate for the complexity of financial and business entities and her being susceptible to undue influence. <sighs> so she shouldn't be working, right? Yeah. It's just, like, when you even, like, take a step back and just compare, like, the situation and conditions that Brittany has to live in under conservatorship versus, like, any other major example of a conservatorship, like, is so backwards. Like, people are put into, like, conservatorships as, like, elderly people who, you know, can't work, can't, can barely take care of themselves, and that is supposed to, you know, give them an option to have someone who has more wherewithal, more, like, you know, financial support for themselves that can have the time and energy to take care of another person. Mm -hmm. Like, that's the, like, you know, situation that we want to set up for them. Not, uh, people need to quit their jobs to rely on the conservatives' money and but they have to be working the whole time, and it's yeah. like that no. makes no sense. I mean, like the point of the conservatorship is to take care of someone that cannot take care of themselves. Yes. When you are looking at the bare minimum of taking care of yourself, which yes. is food, yeah, shelter, yeah, clothing, yeah, these kinds of things. She was paying mortgages on two houses. Mm-hmm. She was making all of this money. She was doing all of these things. Yeah. And she was not acting in a way that the world wanted her to act as this, like, pop princess who needed to be perfect. Yeah. And so that means that she cannot take care of herself. Oh, my God. Um, it's just, like, the writing on the wall, I mean, we're not scooting around it, but I think everyone can see is that the whole reason that this happened is because people wanted money from her. Mm-hmm. And the reason she was put right back to work is because they needed to make sure that she was still making money. Absolutely. They couldn't um, let the well run dry. Which, including that, she also is giving Kevin Federline now, like, $30,000 a month. Of course. Um, 20000 of that is child support, which is um, a lot. That's a lot of money. I know it's expensive to raise a kid, two kids. It's not that expensive. Yeah. Not that much. Two hundred. And $60,000 a year to no. raise two kids? That doesn't make any sense. And she paid for all of his legal fees. More than $200,000 in legal fees. Jesus. I don't know if this number is true anymore. I think this is a number that I heard, like, maybe, like, five years ago or something. So I'm sure it's more at this point. But I think the, like, average, like, family spends a million dollars on a kid over 18 years. Mm-hmm. So... 
let's just get those, you know, number comparisons. That's insane. A million over 18 years versus 200,000 a year. That makes me so mad. Oh my god. Just all of these, like, worthless people just on the back of Britney. (laughs) (sighs) Um, So in December of 2008, uh, she releases her sixth album, Circus, mm-hmm. um, and goes back to performing right. as, like, her ultimate comeback, um, which is a good album, you know, it whatever. But, uh, I mean, you can see in, like, there was a documentary about Britney around the time where she is interviewed on the set of the Womanizer mm. music video. Mm-hmm. And even then, she's just, you know clearly sad like she doesn't want to be in this and she is working more than full time yeah you know this kind of job is like 80 hours a week Mm -hmm. but she can't take care of herself i mean it just i can't repeat that enough because it doesn't make any sense it's and the fact that people were supportive of this at all yeah including actual judges yeah who were mostly men mostly men of course Anyways, I'm yeah. fucking angry. Um, <laughs> are we surprised? Yeah. Uh, January of 2009, they say that Brittany and her father obtained a restraining order. Jamie obtained a restraining order against yeah. Sam Lutfi, Adnan, and um, John Eardley. I don't really know who that is. I guess he's an attorney that was working for ja- for um, for Jamie, for Brittany. Mm-hmm. Um, he accused them all of conspiring to gain control of Britney's affairs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Isn't that so fun? Ugh. Um, so I just want to read some of the stuff about, you know, what they are saying in this. So they are saying, obviously, Jamie had already gotten a restraining order, a temporary restraining order against Sam Lutfi earlier in 2008. Mm-hmm. Um, but he does find records of his, like, Sam Lutfi's phone number in Britney's phone records. Some of them, I think, were her calling him. She also was calling Adnan. Uh-huh. Um, and so that's why he got a restraining order, because his daughter was calling him. Yeah. His daughter was, like, talking to people that she cares about. Um, and he was claiming that Adnan was um, trying to arrange for the paparazzi to meet and film Britney to his financial benefit. Which is like, oh, that's um, so funny considering what we talked about at the beginning of this episode where you were using the paparazzi. Yeah, I was like, didn't you, like, To hurt your daughter. <laughs> yeah, literally created an alliance with the people who were ruining your daughter's life. Okay. Um, they also said that, um, so an attorney for Jamie wrote that Lutfi and Adnan had disappeared and private investigators had been trying to pair, find the pair for unsuccessfully for six weeks, which is very weird to me because what? it's like, they're not under criminal investigation. You don't have a right to their lives. No, you don't. So they haven't disappeared. They don't want you to contact them. Yeah. Because you're crazy. Yeah. You're insane. They're not um, a person of interest. Yeah. In a I'm criminal like, investigation. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, they are not being subpoenaed. No. They owe you nothing. Nothing at all. As a private citizen, that's just like fucking weird. 
Um, they said that Lutfi had sent anonymous, harassing, and threatening messages to Jamie, um, which is good for him, I as mean, he should. Yeah, <laughs> But the fact that they were anonymous makes it funnier to me, because I'm like, were they from him? Were they? Where's your proof? Where's your proof? Oh, that's right. You don't need any, because the judge is just going to do whatever the fuck he wants. Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> They also said that uh, the Eardly guy, the um, attorney, mm-hmm. had tried to move the court to, you know, had tried to move the conservative case to federal court. Yeah. And so that's why. That makes no sense. I mean, like. They also said that he, he while he was doing this, he claimed to be um, Britney's attorney. He was. Yeah. He was. And it was because of this court that's, you know, did and some tried to weird to shit to be like federal court because they were like, he's like, they aren't listening. Yeah. Which like, um, I mean, I didn't get a good grade in Civ Pro or anything, but like Brittany is, you know, it has a presence in a lot of states, mm-hmm. you know, and like, especially at least two, you know, considering Nevada and like where she like was going to perform soon and all that stuff. Or is she performing in Vegas at this I point? I think she's moving to Vegas in late 2008. So I do think this yeah. is relevant. Yeah. So yeah, it just, I don't know. It seems like a pretty normal thing to do when um, clearly the judge in the court that you're in is unhinged to be like, hmm, maybe we should move it to a different one. Um... Britney's attorney, her court-appointed appointed attorney, um, issued a statement saying that Britney has made it clear to everyone that she does not want any further harassment or to be contacted in any way by Osama Sam Lutfi, now or at any time in the future. Which I guess his name is Osama, but it just feels very, like, racially motivated to be like, Osama. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you yeah. You know, like the way they people used to do with, like, Barack Obama. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Barack Hussein Obama. And you're like, okay, why'd you have to say it like that? So, um, Brittany never publicly said that. (laughs) No, absolutely. Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, so anyways, this whole thing just felt very messy and honestly not very true and just more ploys by Jamie and the fact that the courts just allowed this to happen and not even allowed it. This is working exactly how it was supposed to, Mm -hmm. which is to completely remove all rights from a person. Mm -hmm. Um, Insanely frustrating to hear about. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So in May, 2010, we're going to start moving through this a little bit quicker because we don't really hear that much about her from then. Yeah. Um, So, in May 2010, Brittany starts dating her agent, Jason Trowick, I think. Um, and basically, they decided to end their professional relationship to focus on their personal relationship. Mm. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It just, like, felt really weird. Yeah. Um, I guess they got engaged in between 2010 and 2012 because in April of 2012, he becomes a co-conservator. Um, <sighs> I... You know, we did talk about this in our extra credit episode that they that a spouse can be a conservator. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I just don't really find this ethical. No. I I mean, I don't think it's ethical that Jamie was a conservator at all. Um, especially how low on the list parents are as far as like the um, priority list. Yes. Um, but the fact that like people that she is in a relationship with can become 
a controlling factor for yeah. her financial and like personal life. It feels very backwards to what I think like was the reason that they included like uh, you know spousal conservators in uh, the priority list, and I think it's because like like we had talked about in the extra credit episode for people who like know they're probably going to have Alzheimer's or like, you know, it's kind of like developing diseases and things and talk about it with their spouse and like work it out with their spouse. And then like they have, make sure that their spouse has like in their will or in some other signed writing that like, this is what like they also think, you know, and it's just supposed to be like something that's figured out before, not a, oh, you're in a relationship with somebody, you already are in this conservatorship, and then they get to be, like, put in place after. Like, that seems too backwards. Right. For, like, a spousal, like, input. Yeah. Or, like, you know, fiancé or whatever, you know? And apparently, they say that Brittany requests this. You know, I find it... It's hard to know, you know, who actually requests these things. And maybe she did to try and get some distance between her and her father. Right. Because she doesn't um, have many options. Right. Um, but it, it, just on, like, a broader term, not just for Britney's life, it just seems... It seems like there's too much room for abuse in this kind of scenario. Um, but he also was not a conservator for any of the, like, financial aspects. He didn't have any control over assets, but okay. just... Um, several, like, decision-making aspects of her personal life. I don't really know what the details are of that, but... Right. Um... Throughout this time, she's also working. I'm not really going to talk about most of that, but, you know, just keep in mind that while all of this is happening, she is performing basically constantly. Yep. Going back, recording new albums, going on tour, etc. Yeah. Um, so September of 2016, Brittany addresses her conservatorship for the first time. So she films an interview um, for the Jonathan Ross show. Who? I know. I was like, who is that? Oh. I've never heard that name before in my life. Yeah. Um, where she says, okay, so I have this conservatorship. I've been under this conservatorship for three years, and I felt like a lot of decisions were made for me. So I wanted this ninth studio album to be my baby, and I've been really strategic about it. I kind of just thought this was like, <laughs> it's interesting because um, whenever she talks in the court later on, which most people know about because this was like, as this stuff started to really enter, like, the public consciousness. Yeah. I think she was, you know, asking for help for a long time. She was. You know, it's like she was not being secretive about it. I think this was the most that she could do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think if people were paying attention, they would know. Yeah. That, <laughs> like, she was asking for help. Mm-hmm. She was saying that she was you know, being controlled and living this, like, insane life. Which, so around this time, too, we get kind of one of our few insights into what Brittany is thinking. And in an interview, she refers to this her Groundhog Day all over again, which is what she used to refer to as her, you know, touring schedule. Right. If you remember from one of our earlier episodes, which was, like, Brittany's Groundhog Day. Mm -hmm. Um, And she said that it reminded her or she felt like she was basically in prison. Yeah. Um, but she said that even this was a direct quote, even when you go to jail, you know, there's a time when you're going to get out, but in this situation, it's never ending. If I wasn't under the restraints I'm under, I feel so liberated, which is so sad. So incredibly sad. It's just like really 
It really sucks. Yeah, it really does. So now we're going to jump forward a lot in time. Um, January of 2019, mm-hmm. Brittany announces an indefinite hiatus after her father becomes ill. So basically her father was hospitalized and almost died. Um, and so she says she, in like an Instagram post, basically said she'd made the difficult decision to put her full focus and energy into her family. Um, and basically, you know, go on a hiatus from working. Mm-hmm. Um, March of 2019, Andrew Wallet resigns as Britney's professional conservator. Um, he voluntarily resigns. Um, we don't really know why. Right. Um, but this is right before things start to get really kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. So April 3rd, 2019, Britney is checked into a mental health treatment center. Um, she tells her fans that she needs some me time on Instagram. Um, three weeks after her father had another surgery to combat issues from his colon rupturing in 2018. So this all happens around, um, this is basically the start of the free Britney movement. Right. And if you don't know, the free Britney movement started from a podcast all about Britney's Instagram. Yeah. So they called the happiest place in the world or the happiest place on earth. Mm -hmm. I really want to listen to it. I did not listen to it before this because I didn't want to be like uh influenced by what they were saying right you know um to come up with my own assumptions and stuff but they were you know every week or whatever going through and reading her crazy instagram posts because if you've ever read them they have tons of emojis and they are written in an insane rambling fashion i love them it's iconic (laughs) yeah it's amazing they're like they're very like free form like word association like just off the rails amazing there's like no like real sentence like structure none um she operates like she is always posting on a finsta and honestly it's incredible yes she's like literally sharing her finsta with the whole world yeah so much fun (laughs) with their dances which people always like make fun of her for them but they're just so good they're really good she's literally an icon like i don't know (laughs) i'm like i don't know maybe i'm just being a pretentious dancer or whatever but i'm like she has a really like interesting way of moving that like i don't think like people like fully appreciate like i don't know it's it's not it's just so unique in a Mm -hmm. way that like especially like commercial dance can be so uniform and so um you know cookie cutter um in like every you know which is understandable you want to make sure that all your dancers look the same when you're doing like you know huge uh pieces and stuff but like I don't know. Her way of moving is so fascinating to me. It's really fucking cool. Like, I'm not being ironic. Like, she's really fucking cool. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I mean, that makes so much sense. I just think she's very, like, unique in a way that's, like, not influenced by what's going on around her, which, like, is the show of such a true artist. Mm -mm. Um, Anyway, so she has all of these posts, and this podcast is dissecting all of them and then she posts which I'll I'll see if I can find the original post I don't know if it's still up but there might be screenshots online of her saying that she needs me time on Instagram so on their podcast they um theorize that this was not Brittany because it didn't have any emojis so that was like the first indicator because Mm -hmm. it was really short really concise and it didn't have emojis and they were like she always uses emojis yeah Somebody else wrote this. Yeah. Um, 
so they think that she was forcibly checked into a mental health facility. Yeah. So a little like background, um, and I don't remember if we were going to talk about this more later, but um, there is a lot of assumptions here that Brittany's father used his sickness to basically like guilt and control Brittany into spending time with him and to being close to him. So um, a lot of his like sickness stuff and him getting better coincide with a lot of major events happening as far as what we're seeing on the outside. Mm. Um, And I think it's interesting that he gets sick and she announces this hiatus. And then a couple months later is forcibly checked into a mental health facility And this is total speculation, but like I've said before, we are not journalists, so I do not believe in journalistic integrity. Yeah, we're not upheld to that. (laughs) So I am fully speculating here that, you know, it could have been around a discovery of like, maybe he wasn't as sick as he said, and maybe this control was becoming more of an issue. And we know that she was afraid of her father and did not feel, you know, close to him. They had been estranged before the conservatorship even happened. Mm Mm-hmm. That this would maybe coincide with, you know, Brittany maybe lashing out to what she knows or how she's being treated. Mm -hmm. And because he has full control over her life, checking her into a mental health facility. Yep. Um, I don't know. But it was the wrong move altogether because this is where Free Brittany started. Yep. And without them... None of this would have happened. None of it. I mean, obviously, she probably still would have gone to court, but it's, like, the reason that all of this is happening is because of public opinion. Yep. It's the same reason that she was put into a conservatorship. Yep. Because of public opinion. Mm -hmm. It was not because of the court. Yeah. Or doctors. No. I think we all know that. Yes. Because they don't have to decide based on just these few things. No, they don't. Because everything is on the, under the control of a judge. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just my opinion. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know. It makes... The whole thing makes me angry. Yeah. Um, so later that month, April 25th, 2019, Brittany checks out of the facility. So she comes home after completing a 30-day program at this facility. Um, and protests begin... Uh, after her release outside of the West Hollywood City Hall Mm. days before she is released. Wow. Um, So very much the beginning of the Free Britney movement. I'll try and find some photos of this as well because it's really, you know, just very cool uh, how people, like, showed up for her. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So then in July of 2019, the conservatorship, which I guess means... Like, I I was confused by this wording. Mm -hmm. Um, They said that the conservatorship files a lawsuit, but I'm assuming that means, like, Jamie and the lawyers? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, They sue this blogger who goes by Absolute Britney for defamation. (laughs) So they file a lawsuit in L.A. against Anthony Elia, um, who runs the website Absolute Britney for falsely claiming that it has manipulated Britney's Instagram account to make her appear more troubled than she is. Which is not defamation. That's not. Because defamation, okay, here's a little fun legalese bullshit. Yeah. Defamation is when something, you were sharing information that is knowingly false. Yes. Knowingly false. Yes. But taking information that you were seeing that is publicly available. Yeah. 
Not just publicly available, but for the public. Yes. It was literally posted on a very public, very followed Instagram. Yeah. And then inferring what might be going on and writing about what might be going on. Yeah. <laughs> um, is not defamation. It's not. Um, My God. <laughs> uh, whatever. The suit <laughs> focused on one heavily circulated Absolute Britney Instagram post from June 14, which read, so Britney's team is deleting positive comments on her Instagram post and leaving negative ones to keep up the illusion that she needs help. This has to be a human rights violation. Um, <laughs> there's something so funny to me about claiming that somebody saying they're deleting positive comments and they're like, that's defamation. <laughs> that's so wild. Um, and... <laughs> I just, like, it's so funny to me, like, how many times I've heard the word defamation, and I can't think of a single instance when anyone had used it correctly in, like, suing for it. No. <laughs> like, every time guys. I hear it, I'm just like, no. Like, first of all, it is so difficult. It is so difficult to, like, prove. Yeah. When you look at the elements of this kind of shit. Yeah. But also, it's always, like, this is something mean about me. <laughs> It's slander because my feelings were hurt. <laughs> They're like, that's damages. It's a hate crime because I hated it. <laughs> it's a liable because I hate potato wedges. <laughs> so delete your video. Like, guys are so fucking annoying. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it is a goofy thing to sue someone for. I love this. Uh, the opening line of the lawsuit states, it is time for the conspiracy theories about Britney Spears' well-being and the mob of free Britney movement to stop. <laughs> How dare you talk about her well-being? How dare you? I'm her superior <laughs> officer. <laughs> I'm like, shut up. You guys are so embarrassing and stupid. You guys are straight up evil. Death to all of them. Death to all of them. And then you're going to be like, mm, stop with the theories. And then it's just going to get worse because the theories were true. Just look at the U.S. government when they tried to be like, stop with the alien theories. And then they got much worse. <laughs> they do that every time. They're like, we did not do any of that. Oh, my God. Oh my God. Quit it. <laughs> but at least they have the well-being not to fucking bring a lawsuit saying it's time for the conspiracy theories to D end. Just stop it. I <laughs> I wish we were on camera right now because I feel like I can only express myself in ridiculous facial expressions yeah. to how ridiculous this is. Oh my god. And the fact that they called the Free Britney movement a mob when they're like, hey, you guys are um, controlling every aspect of Britney's life. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't and they're that. like, mom mentality. Oh my God, you guys are ganging up on me right now. <laughs> you were going to say, you guys are gay. <laughs> you're like, gay. <laughs> I was like, you're not wrong, but what a weird take to have. <laughs> I mean, I could see Jamie being homophobic. You're gay. You're gay. Be gay. <laughs> you're gay. <laughs> I would believe he's homophobic. Yeah. yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> after all of this, September 5th, 2019, Jamie temporarily steps down as Britney's primary conservator. Um, so he asked the court to allow him to step down due to personal health reasons and to uh, appoint a temporary conservator. 
um, Jody Montgomery in his place. Right. Starting September 9th. Um, per the documents filed by Jamie, Montgomery not only is in charge of providing temporary care, maintenance, and support for Brittany, but she is she also has the power to restrict and limit visitors by any means, except for Brittany's meeting with her court court-appointed attorney Samuel who was the one who said who called Sam Osama Sam Luffy <laughs> the power to retain um, caretakers on a 24/7 basis the power to retain security guards and the power to communicate with Britney's doctors and have access to any and all records regarding her treatment and diagnosis yikes i'm really sketched out by the limiting visitors by any means i know i was like, like are you going to kill, kill them, them? yeah <laughs> Like, does she have a license to kill? <laughs> By any means necessary. <laughs> Just standing on Britney's porch with a shotgun. being like, get off her lawn. <laughs> By any means. That is so weird. Yeah, that's a really weird thing. So I'm like, mm. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean? What do you mean by by any means? <laughs> I just like, I don't know why my brain immediately went to like Brittany having a dream about someone. And she's like, you are not allowed to do that. And so she just like drugs Brittany. <laughs> oh, when you said like Brittany having a dream, I just imagined her like hooked up to this like state of the art, like dream, like monitoring system that like doesn't exist. Like, it's, like fringe shit yeah. that they have just to monitor Brittany's every like, thought. <laughs> They have, like, a big TV, and everyone's just, like, eating popcorn, watching her, like, dream. They're like, who is in this dream? Who is astral projecting into this room right now? She's in there doing some fucking cleansing shit. She's like, you are not welcome. Brittany's like, can I get some candles? I want to, like, run a bath. They're like, no seances for you, ma'am. Y'all are crazy. Um, I don't like that all these people have access to her records regarding her treatment and diagnosis. Yeah. I mean, I freely share my diagnoses yeah. with all about all my mental but illnesses. But it's your choice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'm allowed to do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, it would make me very mad for even one person to have, like, you know options to see all of my treatments and diagnosis also uh, again a tangent but it makes me think of filling out paperwork for accommodations for our law school Mm -hmm. where they ask the treatments for my mental illnesses and also the medications i i'm on yep to treat those mental illnesses and you have to describe like how they've been working too yeah yeah not good. Um, that should be illegal. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk we about should. it in our uh, a video that will be coming probably next year. Yeah. It's like the most like information that I've ever had to share with someone who is not a medical professional just to get a little extra time on tests. Yeah. I mean, mine was to get nothing. Oh, yeah. Right. That's right. Yeah. Um, just for them to be like, no, no. Um, and literally my doctor being like, this is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, you're right. It is. It is. Yeah. And also your professors can just say no. Yep. If you have depression and need to miss classes, they can yep. just be like, uh-uh. No. Yeah, because it's technically a part of my accommodations that I can miss classes. I have, like, more flexible attendance things. Uh, but, yeah, professors can just be like, I don't they think just, you need that. Literally, professors will be like, just talk to me about it. Oh, my God. Just, like, explain your medical history to me. Just disclose all of your illnesses to me, and then I'll decide if it's fine. Mm. 
Oh my god. <sighs> Instead of just finger. like respecting us as adults who like understand our own bodies and minds and stuff and like know when we need breaks and things. Um, yeah, so much fun. <laughs> that really was an unrelated tangent, but we're just, I'm filled with rage today. Um, <laughs> um, so this, I feel like I might end here. Yeah, let's just end here. Um, because up. after this, we're going to start moving into, you know, 2020 and things are going to start getting really insane as far as like the court changes and documents. Right. Um, and I feel like those kind of work as one. I don't really want to stop in the middle mm-hmm. of everything that's going to happen in 2020 and up until very, very recently. Yeah. Um, but anyways, we will see you later today yes. for Armchair Bimbos. <laughs> <laughs> and then definitely Friday um, for our last official Free Britney episode. Yeah. And we may have another extra credit episode where we talk about conservatorships as a whole um other famous people under ones you know where we go from here yeah the real like effects and like you know maybe some examples i mean trigger warning for like abuse that goes on for sure and we'll 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 definitely fill that out later yeah for sure um but anyways and then we'll be moving on to our halloween series yes halloween crimes yes so excited for so we'll be moving into what i love to cover which is just the worst things you've ever heard yep In the best time of the year. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Bye, guys. Bye. The Podcast Rejects is a Gamer Frauds Network production. Find us on Instagram at The Podcast Rejects. For early access to all Gamer Frauds Network content and a ton of exclusive perks, join our Patreon at patreon.com slash gamerfrauds.